I think summer's on its way back. If you need a copy of God's Word, you can slip your hand up, and these two gentlemen will be glad to give you one if you need it. You can take your Bibles and, or devices and turn to Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18. I was thinking earlier as Peter was sharing about the worship team and all the different people and how helpful they've been to me in many, many ways. And Paul was very kind to me this week, something he did in Stan 50 plus years. Met him when he was in junior high school. I was not a good influence on him at first. Well, just dear friend and I have an issue. And like, if you remember last week, our projector, I have a friend who owns a company called Nerd Voltage. And I called him and Stan just takes time out of his business. What's wrong? And uh, I went to the golf tournament Friday thinking, hey, ain't my problem. And, and calls me. I'm sit- literally sitting on a bus, shuttle bus between the, the golf tournament and where we parked. I called him back and he said, all right, it's all taken care of. And just, that's kind of, he just uh, got tired of Orlando, had, had to come back and see us, didn't he? Well, it's great to see y'all. Uh, he found me a ticket to the golf tournament. I couldn't find one anywhere, and he found me one. And just, it's uh, great to see. And I was talking with my granddaughter this morning. The trepidation of entering high school is going to be a fresh. It'll be, you'll, you'll meet new people, and it'll be, I can remember, I was telling her, in the seventh grade, I was four foot ten, and going to, a junior high school had 7th, 8th, and ninth graders and totally new school. And I had to walk to school, didn't have any shoes. It was a tough life. <laughs> it was a mile and a half. I had to walk every day, and it was uphill both ways. Thank you. And didn't have a coat. You know, it was, it was tough. And, uh, well, boy, by the time I left Colonial Junior High at the ninth grade, um, I think I was ready for high school, and then I went to high school. But when, when you're four foot ten and you're going to a new school, with, and it's just, it's terrifying. But God takes care of his own, and my little ninth grader, she'll be fine. And it's, it's just tremendous how God does things in your life. Uh, Fifteen years ago today, God changed my life in a very radical way. I became a grandfather. And sweet Ella was born, and they say, here, you want to hold her? And I said, no, no, I, <laughs> I don't want to hold an infant, but it's amazing how, Ella, you want to come up here and share? Just come up here and tell me how much you love your granny. No! I'm hurt. Ella and Carson and Aaron Wynn, that month, July of 2004 was a special month. You never know the people you're going to meet, and the ensuing 15 years meeting their families and others, just, uh, just it's cool. I, I love being a grandfather, and, and I just, I love to meet people. It, uh, it drives my wife crazy, but she's, yeah, I'm very much an uh, introvert. No, I'm not. She is. I'm very much an extrovert. I will talk to anybody, anytime, anywhere, if they will listen. So we're sitting on the bus Friday to go from the parking lot to the golf tournament. So you know, I'm nice to get up. I'll sit on the back seat by the bathroom. Nobody else will sit back there. I'll sit back here, you ladies, and have the seats. I'll sit down back there. There's a guy right in front of me who has a St. Louis Cardinal fan on. Well, I'm a huge St. Louis Cardinals fan. So I said, yeah, man, our Cardinals are in first place, and we hate the Cubs. And, and so he turns around, and so literally for the next hour, we're just talking about the Cardinals. And, and the two guys I'm with, they're like, you can't take him anywhere. He's good. And so we're on the golf course, and every time we stop, every place we stop, well, what am I doing while we're waiting on the golfers to hit? I'm talking to people because that's what I do. I like it. It's just for human beings, we talked about this a little bit. Over the last few weeks, what sets us apart of relationships where you can meet total strangers and be interested in their spiritual welfare 
share with them the experience you've had in, in who Jesus Christ is and all that he's done. And I've known Peter for a long time. We started working together in 1997 and uh, into your life. Just, it's special. And I think part of relationships of any kind are. And you care about people. So turn to Acts chapter 18 today for a little while to put yourself in as a man, as a human being, as where he today, if you'll take your hand out, I think it should say Paul's witness at Corinth. Did you get that one? That the, all right, Paul's witness at Corinth, Acts chapter 18. And as we get in Acts chapter 18, second missionary journey, and missionary journey number one, it's a missionary journey number two, and it's about to end, chapter 18. Notice verse one of chapter 18. After these things, we talked about Paul at Acts, the gospel, in a very powerful way. After these things, chapter 18, verse 1, Paul departed at Corinth. So let's just kind of set the moment as we, as before we get into what happened. Number two, Paul has seen God do and has been the tool through which God has done going through. And maybe put yourself, as I said, in his sandals and, and understand where he is. Thank you. That at times, I know what's the right thing to do, but what do I do? Picture. God said, I want you to go to Nineveh and preach repentance to them at Nineveh. A lesson. Do it God's way. It, you don't have to live inside a fish for three days. He didn't want to go, so he goes the opposite way of where God told him he knew God. History takes place. Every single Ninevite got saved. He's seen God do incredible things. He's been part of it. But as he gets to Corinth, God is done. He still finds himself here. This journey has been hard. He, he, He's discouraged. He has to go to work as tired, discouraged, in a very real sense, ready to give up who God was. And I can tell you with my hand up, and if we're honest, most of us, there are timings, and I've shared this with you when I had my open heart surgery, that was not one of my favorite things. Still part. I wasn't going anywhere, and I wasn't doing anything. Surgery, I knew you were going to have a bad valve in your heart. I knew it before I gave you that heart. Use it in your life and in the lives of other people. And he has over the 20 years. I had yesterday morning. No parent wants to outlive their child. Some of you. He needed to be reminded, I am with you always. That's all we've been talking about as we're studying Acts. Jesus said, go. Make learner followers of me. Make disciples of me. The Great Commission. And I will be with you always. Does that mean it's always going to be easy? What did we just talk about with Paul? What have we just been studying for months? By the time we finish Acts, it'll be two years. What have we learned? It's tough. But don't give up. Moses, for example, in Numbers chapter 11, Moses said to God, Why have you afflicted your servant? Why have I not found favor in your sight that you've laid the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I beget them or bring them into life? That you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a guardian carries a nursing child to the land which you swore to their fathers. Where am I to get meat to give all these people? I'm not able to bear all these people alone because the burden is too heavy for me. If you God in the wilderness after God has miraculously delivered them from Egypt, Moses says, let me eat here and now if I found favor in your sight. Do not let me see my brother, the great prophet. 
in 1 Kings chapter 18, children of Israel, and he gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel, prophets of Baal, Israel. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. God and Elijah, the prophet of Jehovah. Oh, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you've turned their hearts back to you. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. After God, they did not, Baal was not a God and that he was by consuming their Mount Carmel. Elijah praising God answers. The very, very next chapter, 1 Kings, says this. Elijah went a day's journey into the wilderness that he might die. And he said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life. Joshua said to God, Lord, why have you brought this? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Elijah had just seen it. And he needed to be encouraged. He needed to be, he needed to be reminded. Paul had, had a very incredible low point who his God was. Jeremiah, we call him the weeping prophet, years. Fifty years with not one positive response. There's a point where he said, I just, I can't do it anymore. And then he reached, it's a burning, a fire. I want people to know who God is. Even Jesus is described this way. He was despised and we did not honor him. He cried. And Paul is at Corinth and he is down by himself. And God's got some new stuff for him. He's going to give him a new ministry. What does God say? I'm here. I've already dead. God said, I am the conqueror of death. But we live with a perspective that is not temporal, but eternal. That's why coming back to Scripture and being in Scripture on a regular basis is so important to read and be in one. And he gets to Corinth. Corinth at this point in time, historically, it had replaced Athens as the number one political. It was a beautiful resort-like place between the Aegean and the Adriatic, Adriatic Sea, sea transient with sailors and other people coming in and out, tourism. It was the capital of a region called Achaia on his journeys. Corinth and the other one is Ephesus. So this is very strategic. Romans 1, 18 through 32. Paul was writing when he was at, in that culture, to the Greeks meant to live very much an immoral life. Corinth was, it was a place of a lot of racial discord and harmony, a lot of family uh, quarrels, fights. It was the center of the worship of the goddess Aphrodite, the goddess of love. The temple of Africa, it's about a 1,900-foot hill that, and above that, on that hill was the youth would come down from, the, from there into Corinth and as an act of worship would practice worship. It's rampant paganism. Corinth was eat up with it in life. And this is where Paul shows up. But what's the one thing that people had for them about Jesus of Nazareth, who he was? This incredibly immoral place called Corinth. Page in 2 Corinthians. I will very gladly spend and be spent the less I am loved. Be spent for your souls. But the more I love you, what did Jesus 
say to us about loving our enemies? You love them. You ask God to bless them. You are to be different. Why? Because you're a Christian. Now, we're a city on a hill. We're salt and light. We're to be different. We're not like everybody else. Who hates you? You choose to do what's right for them. The highest form of love is. It's choosing to do what's right when you don't feel like doing it. It's an act. So at this moment, this low point in his life, God's going to hand out. He's going to bring up some new partners. Look at verse 2. Paul's at Cali with his wife Priscilla because Claudius, the Roman emperor, had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome, stayed with them, and he worked. For by occupation, they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every side to pause for a moment and step back. We just talked about what God says. You hear, this is part of your ministry, the apostle to the Gentiles. So he, go, he finds Aquila and Priscilla, who are also tent makers. He's just looking for work. See, so we're talking about need to be reminded who his God was, who was in control. God had prepared this moment for Paul. Uses pagan kings and authorities. He had Claudius, which ended up meaning any place had anything to leave because Claudius, the Roman emperor, just commanded all the Jews to leave. Now, how did that happen? Constantly exciting turmoil under their leader, Christus, which is Latin for Christ, as they could get. Christianity had already spread to Rome by AD 50, probably by people. So Claudius says, just get out. Well, they end up at Corinth. Why do they end up at Corinth? Them to meet, named Paul. So verse... He has an incredible, God is about to do something very special. Look at verse 18. Drop down to verse 18. So Paul still remained, and Priscilla and Aquila were with him. So they go to Ephesus with Paul. Now they've just met about a year and a half prior. Your tent making here, and I want you to proceed with Paul on his missionary journeys. He goes through of Paul's closest friends. They even risked their lives for him. Now, the churches of Asia greet you. Aquila and Priscilla greet you heartily in the land. They've gone with him. You know, the church is meeting in their home. They become very... Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my... Of the Gentiles. They became very important to Paul. Meet them to encourage him and to partner up with him. To God brought somebody into his life to encourage him. And man... So verse 4, what does he do? He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath... Every Sabbath he goes, again, share, encouraged by his new partner, Priscilla and Aquila. He doesn't give up. What is our business? Don't give up. Persevere. Chapter 2, Paul would write these words to the church at Corinth later. Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Down. So now see verse 5. He's got these new ministry partners. He's also experiencing some new feelings in a very real way. Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia. Paul was compelled by the Spirit, and he testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. 
He's in the synagogue every Sabbath, talking to Jews and Gentile worshipers, those who are there seeking the Jewish God. He's sharing Christ with them. Now, verse 5, his old friends show up. Remember, he came alone. Well, he's met Aquila and Priscilla, his new partners, but he's now got his old friends are there too, Silas and Timothy. They show up. He's excited. It's the idea of iron sharpening iron, as we talked about in Proverbs. As iron sharpens iron, a man sharpens the face of his friend, a familiar face, people he had served with. Yes, he's got Aquila and Priscilla, and now he's got Silas and Timothy. He's thrilled. Second Corinthians, I love you, and in need, I was a burden to no one for what I lack. The brethren who came from Macedonia supplied, and I will keep myself. Philippians 4, he would write these words. You Philippians know that in the beginning concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Timothy came from Macedonia. Please see, this is so cool. Of course he did. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He's also meet them, begin to minister with them, but he also knew Paul was having to work. But then he could go to the Sabbath and preach the gospel, but he was working. Bivocational. Left. And they bring with him a gift, bring to him a gift from the master that they brought, allowed him to go back being the apostle to the Gentiles full time. Aquila and Priscilla. God encouraged him with Silas and Timothy's presence. And God encouraged him. We love you. We're praying for you. And we're, we want to support you and be part at the lowest point in his missionary journeys when he needed it the most. God with thee and with the Macedonians, sending him a gift. Verse 6, first word. But, he's preaching Messiah. But, when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garments and he said to them, No, I'm going to the Gentiles. Please don't miss this, it's real important. It's about Moses and Elijah and Joshua, Jeremiah, even Jesus who's right here. He would write to him later on. Those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus. Later he would write to the Philippians that it is a privilege to suffer for the cause of Christ. It's a privilege. It's an honor for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Priscilla, Silas and Timothy, gift from the Macedonians. God provides. It's not going to get out of the way and say, all right, go ahead and do it. That's good. Let's let God work. Jews again. But when they opposed him, mark it down. Satan will find a way to persecute you, as will the world. And you'll be tipped in your prayer life. Fellowship of other believers to be encouraged. Iron sharpening iron. All of those things. And it says, verse 6, it says, The Jews opposed Paul. qualified Jesus, the Messiah, the one that he's talking about. Here again, both for himself and for them. Because look at his response in verse 6. Particular moment. Whatever is on you, I don't want it on me. Oh. They shake, would shake the dust off. I don't want that gentle, literally, I reject what's on you. Of your blasphemy dust on me. Direct reference to the prophet Ezekiel. And they knew it. The Jews did. Wicked, a wicked man, you will surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way, his blood. And if you don't, it's on you. I'm going to go to the Gentiles. Let's look at verse 7 and 8, and then we're going to be done today. Name Justice, also known as Titius Justice. 
one who worshiped God. So this is a Gentile. Uh, verse 8, in Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. I'm preaching, they're opposing again. I'm going to go next door and begin to talk. He gets, look at verse 8. How many of the Corinthians believed? This is Justice, also known as Titius Justice, verse 7. He lives next door to the, to the, right next door. How do you think the Jews in the synagogue like that? He's in a position, since he's next door to the synagogue, but there are also Jews that are going to hear it right next door. If I say then, have Israel stumbled that they should fall? Certainly not. But has come to the Gentiles. If you don't want to, I'm going to talk to them. They're right next, next door to the house of Titius Justice. Justice Titius. Please note this and then we're going to be done today. Verse 8. Crispus believed on the Lord with all his household and many of the other Corinthians did. Ruler one who's in charge of all their affairs, regulating a service, he gets saved. But he's a Jew. God's still saving Jews? Who's in charge here? What's God reminding Paul? Yes, you're the apostle to the Jews, and I'm going to save who I'm going to save. Just don't give up. Of the Corinthians. Here's the picture, and then we're done. Preaching and the opposition led to many people getting saved. You just don't give up. Many of you will recognize the name if you've been around church for any length of time. There's a man named William Carey. William Carey is known as the father of modern mission. When his brethren, he was a Baptist, and his brethren that he was around, they did not want went to India. He and his wife there, and they, get, they got tropical disease after tropical disease. Son died of a tropical disease. Carey himself was so weakened by the disease that he didn't even have the strength to bury wife to spiral even deep, deeper in her depression and her mental illness. Another couple buried six of their 12 children while there in India. And not one person responded to their preaching of the gospel. Not one. In the year, they had one man that got saved. They baptized him, and when they baptized him, it became a big issue. But they didn't give up. William Carey continued, and many, many thousands were converted as a result of his ministry. And even in the seventh year, but they didn't give up. The Apostle Paul, God said, let me remind you who I am. I'm always going to be with you. I'm always doing something. Here's some money so you can continue your ministry. Boom. Persecution. We'll see Gentiles say. Then we're going to see the ruler of the synagogue say. We're going to see all kinds of Corinthians come. So here's my challenge to you as we close today. There'll be times you're incredibly frustrated. I've been there on many occasions. You're frustrated. You're discouraged. You're down with you always. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm doing something good even though it... And don't give up. Would you bow your heads, please? With rent for Randy... For each of us, we would remember you have a ministry for us. We'd persevere. Just continually seek your will. Sometimes that ministry can change location, locale. It can change the, the, the people you're ministering to, the way you're doing. Always have something for us to do because there are always people that we're around. That we would be reminded of who you are, what you're doing, that you're doing something, even though we may not even know. But we know you're doing something. So use us. 
remind us to trust you, know that you're always with us, always, that you don't give up, and that we cannot give up. We commit our time as we close to you, in Jesus' name, amen. Please stand as we sing together, close out our time. You just think about where you are, not giving up. If you'd like me to pray with you, I'll be down front.